0: You know, it's amazing the places that we can encounter God, isn't it? Reminds me of the story of the fellow that was driving along through the mountains, and there was just this gorgeous, beautiful, scenic overlook, and he just had to stop. And he got out, and he walked up, and it was just gorgeous, just beautiful, just the panorama. He was standing at the edge of this cliff thousands of feet down nothing and then as he looked down he got kind of dizzy and he slipped and he started falling and he was able to grab a branch of a that was sticking out from the side of the mountain there and as he was hanging there he began to scream and yell for help because it was thousands and thousands of feet down and if he let go he knew he'd surely die and so he screamed help help is anybody there not a sound not even a bird chirping not even a a car driving by up there and finally his fingers were starting to get weak and he wasn't going to be able to hold on much longer And in desperation, he said, God, are you there? And this voice, just out of nowhere, says, yes, son, I'm here. He said, well, Lord, will you help me? And the voice said, yes, son, let go of the limb. Anybody else out there? That's... It's those sorts of times, it seems like, a lot of times that we really discover the presence of God. Uh, Those times where, like Jacob, in this particular case, when we see he has just spent all his capital, hasn't he? Uh, As far as relationships and all go, he has messed up, he has cheated, he has lied. He has just done horrible things. And now his brother is getting ready to kill him and looking for him. And so his mama and his daddy, under the guise of sending him to find a wife, send him off from where they live so that Esau can't find him and do him in. Well, it's just... It's in the situation like this where Jacob discovers that God is. Now, there are so many times if you look in Scripture where you see God just showing up at times that you would just be surprised, you know, like, well, Moses in the burning bush. Uh, Look at Joseph. Joseph wound up finding God's presence and God's help in the bottom of a well where people have left him to die uh, whenever he's thrown into prison or whenever he's bought as a slave and then he's thrown into prison and then you know, because he's falsely accused and just over and over again Joseph discovers God's presence and that invisible hand with him helping him along in life. And then there's Gideon, who the country was overrun by Philistines, and whenever they get their harvest in, the Philistines would come and, and steal it. And so he's hiding out, threshing his wheat, hoping that the Philistines won't find it so he'll be able to have something to eat. And then an angel comes to him as he's hiding out in fear and says hail thou mighty man of God and there's just so many times that God shows up and sometimes even the things that he says to us are kind of scary but they also show some good things to us about what he thinks about us and so uh, I was thinking about some different times where uh, God has just let me know that he's around, that he's out there. Uh, when I was a kid, we would have it's the holiday season, the season is approaching. And uh, I just remember two different things. On Christmas night, we would have a big get together at my family's house. Now, at my, at my grandparents' house. And we had, let's see, in Cleveland, Texas, where I grew up, Uh, I had 18 first cousins all together and then I had second and third cousins that were that were closer to me than a lot of people's brothers and sisters are nowadays I mean we were a clan in Cleveland I mean and so there were people all over my grandparents house at night and all the hubbub and all and this is before central heat and air. And so we had these, you'd have gas heat. You get 70 people in a, a build and in, a, in one room with gas heat. And it gets pretty hot in there. And there would nearly always be a time at this epitome of Christmas that I'd step outside just to get cool again, because it was so hot and I would remember we're celebrating Jesus coming into this world and the preacher has been talking about how he's going to come back. And we're always anticipating his return at this time of the year. And so on Christmas night, that was the night, that was the time that I expected the Lord to show up the most when I was a kid just because of the way that the year went and so many times it would be sharp and cold and it would feel so good because of the heat and the sky would be so clear and you could see the stars just strung across the heavens and I'd look into that vastness and think Lord is this the night are you coming? And then all of a sudden I would hear laughter inside. And one night I was out there like that. And basically he just let me know that he was right there with me, that he was with me in life. Yes, he's coming back, but that doesn't mean that through the presence of his Holy Spirit, he's not with us right now. And he began to show me that night just how God puts people in your lives. He surrounds you with people who care. And those people who care are those that have been brought into your life as good gifts from God. And they are conduits of his love to you. I first grasped that probably when I was about 10 years old. Well, um, so other times you just find Jesus with skin on, you might say. I know you maybe you've heard the story about the little boy. There was a thunderstorm going on and he came in and he wanted to get in bed with his parents. So they said, no, no, no. You just go and get back in your bed. He said, you know, he was just going back in there. Jesus is with you. And he said, Yeah. But sometimes I need Jesus with skin on. (laughs) And uh, one time I was, again, it was just about this time of year. I had been involved in counseling. I was on a special appointment with a counseling ministry. And I was missing serving a church so badly that I just called up my district superintendent and said, if you got just some place where I can just preach on Sunday, I'd love to do that. And it just turned out that a guy had just had a heart attack that was pastoring the church in Shepherd, Texas, and Shepherd's twelve miles to the other side of Cleveland. Now, I was living in spring at the time, so it was sixty miles from my house to the church in Shepherd. but I jumped on it, and uh i uh was coming back from so just i'd accepted this appointment. I hadn't made my first trip out there. I had met the current pastor one time, and as I was coming down, let's see, I think it's ninety. Farmer Market, right, nineteen sixty. All of a sudden, my car started overheating, and I pulled over on the side of the road and looked. And I had a just a small hole in my radiator. I knew if I could get just about probably five more miles to my house if the car when it was cool like this i knew that if the car cooled down and i could get some more water in there that'd be okay and you know i didn't have anything in the car to hold water and i started looking around there's water in the ditches and i thought well this is going to do but uh and finally i found a little coke bottle and I'd realized I was gonna be having to make about twenty-five trips to get enough water in the car, but I was gonna get home. And then I looked a little I looked back, and here was a guy had pulled over and he was walking toward me grinning. Now you need to realize I hadn't lived in spring long. I didn't know anybody in that area. And here's this guy just walking up, just smiling. And, uh, and he said, hello, Joel. And uh, it turns out it was Don Opel. Don was the guy that I was replacing, the guy that had had the heart attack. And so I was going to have to be that I was going to be following at Shepherd Church. And uh, he had been connected with my hometown church in the a lay leader capacity at one time. And so I had met him briefly. Uh, whenever I had uh, been back to Cleve, my hometown church, visiting. And so he recognized me, stranded there on the side of the road and pulled over. And he had a a gallon jug that we could get lots of water in at a time. And so Don wound up just out of nowhere being Jesus with skin on for me. Saved me a lot of trips. The Lord just brought that together, and I even got to visit with Don a bit about the church and that I was going into and all. You know, that's just what they call a God incident. Now, Sharon was whenever she was working uh, in. Well, anyway, one time she wound up at the Hardy Toll Road toll booth. And it took 75 cents to put in there. And you had to have the, back then you had to have the right change. Now you drive through and they just take the money out of your pocket while you're driving, you know. <laughs> but, uh, back then you, you had to stop and put the coins in, you know. And, uh, so she had pulled up there and she had found she had 75 cents and she put, tossed them in there. And one of them went around and jumped out and just rolled off them. She had no more quarters. The gate was down and it wasn't going to go up till it got another quarter. And she's there just, what am I going to do? And as she's even thinking that thought, this young man comes just walking from the other direction. He comes walking from several lanes over. He just walks up to her and smiles and says, Do you need this? And handed her one quarter. And then he just walked on off. She is convinced that he was an angel. And uh, the Lord just knew who to send at just the right time, or he sent somebody. Sharon's very special. He takes good care of her. So, uh, anyway, so that, that took place. And so there, there's just all the time you'll find God encounters. And sometimes you may not even realize that they're happening. Now today's story, Jacob was in a strange place to meet God, wasn't he? He had, uh, Whenever you think about drawing close to God, you think about having encounters with God at church retreats or revival meetings or in an expiring church service. You might find him when you're serving him uh, in a special way. But Jacob had been doing just the opposite. As we mentioned earlier, he had cheated his brother out of his birthright And then he deceived his father into giving him his blessing as well. And this is why, and then, anyway, this is why he was so upset. And so here he was, he was a fugitive on the run, and he's there at night. He's in the wilderness. He's in the wilderness, and in the wilderness back then, that's Where people in Jacob's time thought that demons dwelt, that your God, no matter who your God was, he was with you in your village, in your community, where your family was. Well, that's where God was. And the wilderness was full of scary, evil beings. And Jacob was right in the middle of it. And it was really dark and the only thing he had to lay his head on that night was a rock you heard the hard rock hotel is hard rock cafe well he had he was in the hard rock hotel that night a miserable situation laying there with his head on a rock for a pillow doing a life review of just how rotten he was and how even the things that he had cheated and strived to get He couldn't even claim because he was having to stay away from his home because of his brother. So all that he had worked for so hard in his deceptive ways was doing him no good at all. He was at a place of utter failure. Many times people call that bottoming out. And whenever you bottom out, when you're at the end of your rope and you've tied about six knots in it, and you're hanging on and your fingers are getting weak. That's where you meet God. That was Jacob's situation. And as he slept, God gave him a very real dream. And no matter how it is that God approaches you, there's just a sense of his presence that comes with it. And whenever he woke up, from this dream where it was angels ascending and descending from heaven on a stairway. He knew that God was with him. In fact, God spoke to him, as you heard uh, in the scripture reading this morning, and let him know that even the things that he had cheated to get, God wanted him to have them. He was going to have them one way or the other. He didn't have to cheat to get them because God had predicted that he would have those things even before he was born. And yet he had done horrible things, treated people badly, and still God blessed him. It's so good to know that no matter how bad you can be, God still loves you and he still wants to bless you. And it's so wonderful that in an instant, what can be the worst moment in your life can all of a sudden become the best moment for the rest of your life. And all of a sudden, everything is okay. Nothing physically has changed, but God has changed everything. That's just the way that God works Now, God told Jacob some things that night. And I want to share those things with you just very quickly. First of all, he said, I am their God. Talking about being the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. Now, this is an important starting point for Jacob. Uh, Though this is the first time that he met God personally, he had heard about God. How could he not have heard about God growing up with Isaac and Rebecca and Abraham and Sarah? Can you just imagine some of the family get togethers that they had, you know, back then before TV and uh, cell phones and all where everybody just is like this. One of the things that we would do whenever families got together is we'd tell stories. And we'd ask people, we'd ask our aunts and uncles, we'd get them to repeat the stories because they were so much fun to hear. And you can almost hear uh, Isaac saying or, or Jacob saying to Isaac, Daddy, tell me again the story when granddad was about to sacrifice you out of obedience to God and a voice from heaven stopped him or to Abraham, Grandpa. What was it like for you and grandma to have a child in your uh, twilight years? Jacob had heard about God and he'd heard of God intervening and being a part of people's lives. You may not have been blessed with a family of believers, but no doubt you can recall some people in your life, whether family or friends or mentors or teachers who made an impact Pression on you spiritually. For some of you, that's how you came to the Lord. And your first step in coming to him was you heard, I am their God. God wooed you into his family through his work in the lives of others. Perhaps you've been a spiritual mentor yourself. You, know, The saying goes, you may be the only Bible someone ever reads. They may see your quiet faith, your life of integrity, your desire to please God with your thoughts and actions and words, and God whispers to their soul, I am their God, as God woos them to himself through you. One of the fun parts of heaven, I think, is going to be to exchange stories you know, I run across somebody said, you know that time I was having a really bad day and you just showed up and you were such an encouragement to me. That was the day I started watching your faith and moving toward Jesus because I knew you had something that I did not have. It's a great message to hear. I am their God, but it's not enough. Jacob also needed to hear a second message, which was basically... I am your God. The saying is true. God doesn't have any grandchildren, just children. Nobody makes it to heaven by the faith of their mother or their father or that great aunt that had the humongous family Bible on the coffee table. As wonderful as it may be to have a spiritual heritage. It's not enough. You need to be able to hear what Jacob heard. I am your God. Jacob was running from his problems when God met him on the run. He never anticipated a holy encounter. If anything, maybe he expected a holy scolding from God. But instead of guilt, he found grace. Instead of condemnation, He found compassion as he received the promise God made long ago to his grandfather and to his father. God told him, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through your and your offspring. Now that's grace. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. He's, I mean, Jacob didn't deserve that. But God gave him grace. Has God whispered into your soul? I am your God. Not your wife's God. Or your parents' God. Or your friend's God. Or your son or your daughter's God. But your God. And then Jacob on the run, desperately needed to hear one more thing from God. You and I do as well. God told Jacob, I am with you. In verse 15, the Lord said, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. It's a beautiful assurance time uh, for Jacob, and he really needed it, because as I said, this was the wilderness, and he'd found God there. We In our psalm uh, that we read today, we hear David saying, "Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there, If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. In today's story, God reassured Jacob, I am with you and I will watch out over you wherever you go. Do we need that message? I do. I need it all the time. Is God with you on those loneliest days or when a friend lets you down? Is God with you when you can't seem to lose those pounds or when that one recurring temptation is rearing its ugly head once again? Is God with you when you have to make a move in level of care? Is God there when you receive that tough diagnosis? The answer, as you look through scripture And as you look through the lives of those who have walked with God is, yes, God is there. For Jacob, God wrapped his message up in a very cool thing, didn't he? You know, that's just it. I like that. God is cool. I think that ought to be a bumper sticker. God is cool. You know, Uh, he gave Jacob the original stairway to heaven. Long before Led Zeppelin ever made up the song, uh, the stairway was full of angels coming down and heading back up to heaven's glories. It's like God was saying, this is my man, Jacob, folks. This is Jacob. He's going to do great things, even though he doesn't know it yet. Hey, everybody, everybody in heaven, come take a look at Jacob And they just go up and down the stairs and they have a viewing of Jacob. Wow. Referring to the stairway, verse 13 says, the Lord stood above it and uh, and he spoke from the top of the stairs to Jacob. Whenever he woke up, Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. Jacob was so floored by God's presence that he renamed the place Bethel, which means house of God. It says the Lord stood there. Uh, and he tells us while Jacob slept, there God was Emmanuel, God with us. God came down the stairway to be with Jacob right where he was. And you know, this stairway is a type of Jesus. Jesus. There's a separation between heaven and earth caused by sin. And Jesus became the stairway to connect heaven and earth once more. In fact, Jesus later on would quote that same uh, dream to explain his mission. In John one fifty one, he says, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open And the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Have you ever noticed it doesn't say to the Son of Man, it says on the Son of Man? He's the stairway. He's the connection. And here it is in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And here Jesus is being depicted as the one who connects us with heaven. What message do you need to hear today? I am their God. That's a good beginning point. Uh, As you see God at work, and maybe you've seen God at work in the lives of people around you, I am your God. This is when you begin a personal relationship with God, (coughs) the God who has been pursuing you in love, just as he pursued Jacob. Or, I am with you. Your God's not bound by geography or circumstance. Nothing is too large to keep him away. No matter what you may face, we're reminded this morning, God is there. God is here. He is with you wherever you may be. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you will settle for nothing less than a personal relationship with each of us help us not rely on the preacher or what our papa or mama uh, or anyone else for our faith help us to come to you individually as you meet each of us right where we are and help us to know that your loving hand will guide us into who you want us to become and that you will see us through any obstacles on the way there. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.